open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4 or Galatians chapter 1, whichever one you want. Uh, we're going to go to both of those, but just Romans 1 for just a moment. But uh, this morning, uh, we are um, concluding a series that I've been talking about from the, uh, the book of November, and it's kind of leaked over into uh, December, and that's okay. It's uh, somewhat by design. Uh, but it's the idea of words that we're thankful for, uh, this, these concepts that are about uh, what it is to have a relationship with God uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ, and, and these words that remind us of the riches that we have uh, because of Jesus. Uh, I'll let you know that uh, in, I have a few songs bouncing around in my head, one we've been singing uh, maybe the last... Uh, um, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks. Hope has a name. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And there's another song, uh, uh, that, a newer song that, uh, this world needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. And sometimes we make it so complicated, uh, that we look at, uh, oh, this world needs, uh, this, uh, or a, a different governor or a different president or a, a different, uh, educational system or we need all these different things or or a different uh, economic structure uh but to to make it simple and and to talk about the real core issues this world needs jesus uh and when it comes to uh what we need and what we're struggling with here today uh it all boils down to our relationship with jesus christ uh, we've been talking about being thankful and, and sometimes we look at Thanksgiving as kind of the extra credit of walking with the Lord. Uh, that it's good to be thankful. You, you are rich, but it's not one of the, the core things. And I, I've just been reminded, Zach and I were talking about some things this week and uh, he was sharing with me some things that he was learning, uh, and been challenged with even, uh, this last week and, in Romans chapter one, um, I, I want to tell you, as, as I think about Thanksgiving, as I think about Thanksgiving and really being a thankful person, I, I do sometimes think of it as extra credit. I, I do sometimes think of, yeah, I probably should, but I, I don't always, I'm not that great at being thankful and I'll get there someday. Um, I don't think it's that important sometimes. And yet, uh, I just want to give you the context. I won't preach Romans 1. Maybe I'll do that next year in the month of November or something like that. But uh, sometimes I look, I, I hear people, and I think in my own life, of dirty and dark places that I've been in my mind and my heart and even sometimes physically going about them. And I, go, I hear people say this all the time. How did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get here in my mind? How did I get here in my life? I, I'm messing, like I know what I'm doing is wrong. And how did I get here? And uh, in the midst, Romans chapter 1 is uh, the, the end, the end section that uh, I'm going to share with you, verse 21 from. It, it's talking about perversion and uh, just the, the slippery slope of, of, of filth that ends up in someone's life. and. And you know, you know what it says in verse 21? It tells us how we could get there, how we get to these places. It says, uh, it's speaking of people who fall into these slippery slopes. It says, for although they knew God, 
they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Or give thanks to him. You look at that and you go, when we are not being thankful for what God has given to us, uh, what he's granted to us, it's a dangerous step of ingratitude that says somehow we deserve better or we didn't like what he gave us or whatever, that it leads us to a slippery slope that ends uh, in places we don't want to be and things we want to be. And, and that's the, those are the steps. So acknowledging God, being thankful to him. And so in those basic ways, this is a, a motivation for us to think deeply about the things that uh, we are thankful for in, in Christ. And by the way, um, being thankful isn't uh, making stuff up and uh, lying about what you're truly thankful for. Uh, it's thinking deeply about what God has done for you and acknowledging those because they're true. It's not making stuff up. It's acknowledging that which is true. And this morning, um, yeah, you can turn over Galatians 4. Um, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 4. This morning, kind of uh, by way of intro, um, I want you to picture yourself as a five-year-old in the mall this afternoon down in Bakersfield. Some of you say, I don't go to Bakersfield. In Palmdale. I don't know if that's better or worse. Uh, I keep flip-flopping in my own mind, you know. Uh, some of you, uh, uh, in your convictions, you, you already have dismissed me you'd say, I would never go to the mall. Uh, you're just chicken. That's all I want to tell you. Um, last couple of times, you got to kind of build yourself up. If you're going to go in the mall, in the, in the parking lot, you go, I'm going in the mall. <sighs> I'm being deployed into the mall. Uh, so, um, But uh, uh, picture yourself as a five-year-old in the mall this afternoon. This, the mall's going to be packed this afternoon. Don't go there. Uh, come to our Christmas deal tonight. But... Um, uh, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. And if you remember being a five-year-old, you're, you're down right around here. You're down right around here. And when people are closing in on you, you can't tell what's going on. You can't tell what's going on. You, you get lost in the sea of grown-ups. And you go into stores and you can't see over the you know, the the clothes racks, right? You can't see. And so that's kind of fun, actually. You kind of weave in and out and uh, play hide and seek. But then there's that moment where you say, uh, I haven't seen my dad in a while. Uh, you know, uh, I, I haven't seen him. Maybe I should just kind of check in and just get eyes on him. He, he doesn't need to see me. I need to see him. That, that's comforting to me. Uh, but and, and you start looking and you realize... You can't find him. And you start searching and, and you start uh, kind of getting frantic inside and, and, and searching and, and maybe even grabbing towards a man. And then he turns around and goes, hey, kid, what are you doing? Oh, that's not my dad. That's not my dad. And, and this, this process of you searching and identifying and even looking, no, that's not my dad. And, uh, over and over again in a mall over hours, over hours, as a five-year-old wondering, am I ever going to find my dad? Am I ever going to find him? And, and, and you guys know that feeling, right? That feeling of like, I'm lost. And and, no, and, I, I, and then you start getting scared inside, right? You start getting scared going, 
what, what's going to happen to me? How's this going to work out? Galatians chapter 4, I'll connect this later, but uh, I want us to see in God's Word the true riches, the true riches to be thankful for. It's found in the word adoption. In Galatians chapter 4, if you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you just a few verses today. Um, Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 3. God's Word says this, In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time uh, had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent uh, the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. God, we ask Your blessing on Your Word. Help us to be changed by it now. Uh, help us to understand uh, the grace that You have displayed on us and the riches You have poured out on us and are yet to pour out on us uh, because of the relationship You won for us. You paid for us uh, in the death of Your Son. God, we ask Your blessing on our time. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. And as I've shared with you in previous weeks, there's a bad word too. Um, there's a bunch of them. And I, I would just say the bad word today is lost. Lost. Uh, others would maybe put in there orphaned or, uh, you, you know, the searching. Um, you, you might also say up for grabs, up for grabs, right? Uh, most of you, as I described a five-year-old and you're picturing them in the mall, in the sea of people, uh, you know, that, that makes your mother and father hearts just cringe, right? The idea of a five-year-old being loose in the mall and, uh, you say all the creeps in the world and all, all the people that would take advantage and, and what could happen and how that must make that child feel. You, you start kind of hyperventilating in your own heart. I say up for grabs because this is the picture, this is the picture of one who doesn't feel secure, doesn't feel loved, is that they are up for grabs. They, they're uh, up for whoever would extend a hand to them, whoever would smile at them, whoever would give them the piece of candy. Uh, they're up for grabs. Um, and the, the picture here, um, if you think it through, is the idea of kind of thrashing through life, uh, stumbling and bumbling and uh, in our hearts being frantic, trying to find the answer, trying to find the, the position. In verse 3 it says this, In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. So I'll point out two words there. We've talked about them before. But it says children. Children, not adults. Uh, 
the idea of being very small that you know I, I picture those three, four, and five year olds. Uh, they're dependent. They're dependent. They're needy. They can't live on their own. That's why they don't, you know, have their own houses, right? Uh, wouldn't that be an odd thing if three, four, and five-year-olds could handle it on their own? They could cook their own meals and live in their own house and pay their own bills. And some of you say, that sounds pretty good, actually, paying their own bills. But um, uh, this picture uh, of the, these little ones, they're, they're little and they're dependent on others for everything. Children. But children enslaved. Children enslaved. I, I want to say it this way. Um, stuck on the outside of family. Stuck on the outside of family. Not having the one to protect and care for them. Not having the one that would put them to bed at night. The one who would make sure they're healthy, make sure they're clean. Not having the one that would protect them from those who would want to take advantage. It describes uh, that we, um, meaning God's people, if you've come to trust in Christ, He's looking back to the days prior to this, and He says, we, we were once like this. We were once children, children at risk, and also enslaved, stuck without a family. Stuck. Uh, th- this idea, and, and you picture someone without family uh, that is young, a child, it, it's the thing that stirs our heart, right? The idea of orphanages and the idea of foster care and the idea of adoption. Part of our hearts uh, being stirred by that is because it's children. And they can't take care of themselves. Most of the time when we see an adult and they tell us, well, I don't have any family. And uh, that bothers us a little bit too, but not as much as children. It stirs our hearts, right? Um, he's, Paul is underlining the fact that we were not sufficient in and of ourselves. We were lost. We were up for grabs. We were sick with no remedy. This picture here, it says elementary principles of the world. Um, other translations, I think it uh, talks about laws, and it's going to say this word law in the past. Um, in the Old Testament, and really the New Testament as well, the New Testament looking back to this idea of the law, uh, really the Ten Commandments, and when they were first given, those were given and given, they're perfect. And as they received the Ten Commandments, off that, uh, they added more laws, some, many man-made, not God-made. And, and it's this idea that we just gotta kinda make more laws, make more laws. And, and we're still doing that today. We're, we're just making more laws, thinking that we're somehow gonna get better by making more laws. Uh, by the way, uh, more laws just make, uh, us more acutely aware, uh, that we selfishly and in our pride don't think we have to listen to anybody, right? And so uh, this picture here is that they were stuck under these laws. They were stuck under them. And not they, but they and us. We. I. Me. I'm the one stuck in this lost scenario. 
apart from Jesus. Apart from Jesus. Which moves us to verse 4. If you're keeping notes, the first point lost. The second point, Christmas. You say Christmas isn't spoken of. I know. Uh, Christmas isn't a word that that's what we've made uh, marked this idea of celebrating the birth of the Savior. That's marking it. But if you look at verse 4, it says, but when the fullness of time had come. By the way, uh, if you were here four or five weeks ago, uh, it was a similar deal in the book of Ephesians, right? It talks about how bad a situation, how bad a situation it is, uh, how we were stuck and lost and and we had all these things. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes. Verse 4, Jesus comes. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That's, that's good news. It's good news. We're stuck as lost people, up for grabs. Uh, it's this idea, and you can imagine it, uh, if you went uh, into one of our pharmacies here, and uh, there was no behind the counter, in front of the counter, there was just medicines. And you knew you were sick, uh, but you didn't know where to go. And, and there were people saying, hey, try this. And you say, I'll try anything. I'll try anything. And, and you take them, and uh, it makes you feel awful inside, but it doesn't cure. And you say, well, I'll take something else. And you're, and you're just continually taking other things, trying other things, never to find the answer. Uh, this is what we are apart from Jesus. And, and so the greater sense in verse 4, uh, we should be rejoicing uh, when the fullness of time had come. And God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Fullness of time. Fullness of time. Uh, many of us like to keep a schedule. Uh, we like to keep a calendar. Uh, and someone says, well, what's happening next Thursday? And you say, let me check. And you look to your phone or your calendar and you say, well, I have an appointment at 10 o'clock. And then later that day, I've got some things on my to-do list that I'm going to do on Thursday. Um, well, what that is, that's your plan for Thursday. That's your schedule for Thursday. Uh, if I talk to you Friday, um, I'd say, hey, how'd your plan go? And you say, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. I, my, I, my appointment was late or canceled. And how'd your to-do list go in the afternoon? And you're like, I didn't get any one of those done. And I, want, I had to do some other things that weren't on my list. And my whole schedule was messed up. That's pretty frustrating, isn't it, by the way? Um, I want to tell you that uh, verse 4 is talking about God's schedule. God's schedule. It's interesting as we look at history, and I've sat in classes and heard uh, men speak of this idea of why Jesus came at the time He came. I don't know why they talk so long. Because the only reason Jesus came at the time He came is because it was the Father's plan. That's the only reason. People want to talk about Roman roads and the spread of the gospel and one language and da 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 And I'm like, uh, the same 
one who was in charge of sending Jesus was in charge of all those other things as well. And the roads weren't dependent on the Savior. Okay? Uh, he could have invented the internet if he really wanted to use it at that time. Right? I have other jokes I want to say about that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. Okay? So, get this. Get this. When you look at verse 4, it says, when, when the fullness of time, if you can picture it, it's as if the plans were all laid out and he turns the page. The father turns the page on his plan and he says, now is the time and I'll send forth my son. Now is the time. We look at the scripture and we realize in the lostness of mankind, in our inability to handle life on our own and greater than even handling life on our own, handling eternity on our own. The fullness of time had come. God sent forth His Son. God sent His Son. By the way, make sure you get this. Make sure you get this. We didn't necessarily want His Son. We weren't going... I need a savior. We knew we had needs. We knew we weren't finding right answers. And this is how this works. God invades our heart. As he invaded mankind, God sent forth his son. He made the first step of love towards us. God sent his son. And as we unpack that and think through what he sent forth his son to do. It's hard for us to take, isn't it? He sent forth his son in a humble, common way, but not just uh, so that he would blend in and it would kind of be this undercover type savior type thing, but that he sent forth his son as part of his plan in a humble way that eventually he would go to the cross and die as part of the plan for me and for you. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. By the way, we will speak of the virgin birth in the next few weeks, but I don't necessarily believe that born of a woman points to the virgin birth. In fact, I think it points to the other side of things. The, the commonness of Him. He was born of a woman. Born just like you and just like me. Uh, he had a mom. He had a mom. And that connection born of a woman like us causes us to uh, remember that same law or those elementary principles that showed our sinfulness. He was born into that same system as well, though without sin. Though without sin. Born under the law that uh, as we think about what He came to do in the same way also, uh, I'm sorry, verse 4, uh, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem, verse 5, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption sons. His coming, born of a woman, born into the sinful system, though not being a sinner himself, he was born into that, that he might save us out of that. That he might pay that penalty so that he would redeem, redeem. We're a mess. We're a mess without the Savior. Uh, 
I think we looked at a few weeks ago the word ransom and the word ransom and redeemed are very close and it's the idea of, of setting free from the slavery. Uh, ransom being the price of loosing and re- redeeming the, the, the idea of doing it, the, the getting them free, breaking them loose. Okay. And I want to tell you that that's what God did for you in his son, Jesus. You've trusted in Christ today. Uh, he's the answer for you. He's the answer. He's your answer. It's not just an answer. He's your answer. And as we look at this, we realize that uh, this whole celebration of the birth of Jesus is because that time, that place for sinful men like you and I He came uh, that we might experience the adoption. So, uh, in the middle of verse 5, last point, number 3, adopted. Adopted. Or as you think back to the mall, found. Protected. Back home. Found my place in the family. I have now a father. Not just a father for a moment, not just a protection for the day, but forever. So we might receive adoption as sons. Um, interesting uh, picture here. So the verse three, he uses the term children, children or child, and, and that really focusing on immaturity and the, the idea of being small and unprotected uh, children. Now, Highlighting sons, sons. And the idea being here, uh, some of your Bibles, the newer translations even say sons and daughters. But I, I want to highlight something for you. Don't, don't get all wound up on me about male and female things. Is God only like men? And what I want to highlight for you is this. This idea here is the idea that's spoken of in this passage is full heirs, full heirs. Uh, most of you have um, uh, seen the movie Cinderella, and you're going, now where's he going? Uh, and in Cinderella, there's you know the stepsisters and uh, who's truly a daughter and how that all works out. This passage is highlighting uh, the fact that you go from being a child out there on your own to now being. A, a child or a son or a daughter, a full heir of all the riches that are found in placement in the father's household. All of it. Uh, the, the idea of being this favored child that is to receive the inheritance is found in this passage. That because of what Christ has done, because of uh, his him going to the cross, you have a new position. That's that of son or son and daughter with all the riches that are connected in the father's household. I jumped ahead, sorry. Um, in verse uh, verse 5, so we may receive adoption as sons, not just as children in the home, but sons. The idea of being a part of the family, relationship with the father. Verse 6, And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. You get this picture here, and this is Trinity passage, right? 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And because of the adoption that happened, you now have received the Spirit. The Spirit, it's interesting, it says the Spirit of the Son here, uh, really pointing to the connection that they are all three one, right? The Spirit of the Son. And, and what does that enable us to do? It, it enables us, as God sent uh, the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You know, the, the picture is far worse, and I, I, I struggled to get a picture of it as I was thinking about that child in the mall. And uh, um, it's far worse because the child has been wandering around for a long time. And finally, they find someone, and they... They say, why are you crying, uh, little boy? Why are you crying, little girl? He says, I'm trying to find my father. I'm trying to find my dad. I, I, I've been looking and searching and I, I can't find him. And the one who says, well, what do they look like? I don't know. I don't know. What's their name? I don't know. What were they wearing? I just, I just know that I haven't found them. See, the picture here is this, that, that because of the, the gift that the Father has given us in His Son, He's given us, He's opened our hearts and revealed to us in our hearts who our Father is. And so our response is now a rejoicing to say, Abba, Father. Uh, this word Abba is, some have translated it uh, daddy. It's an Aramaic term that was common in the day. And uh, as you think about it, uh, it would be as Paul saying, there's a better word for this in another language. Some of you who know other languages, sometimes a, a word fits better. And this was to him a better word, this Abba Father. This, this identification of not just something that was mechanical and was part of a lineage, but something that was intimate. And a sense of rejoicing. Some have said, Daddy, this is the one. And I want to tell you that uh, because of the gift the Father gave us in His Son, Jesus, uh, we are able to identify the answer that we've been looking for. And His name is Jesus. Adoption is sons, children. Uh, not, not, not children anymore, but sons. Sons with the Spirit in us and the Spirit allowing us to identify our Father. The Spirit connecting us inseparably. Uh, this idea inseparably with the Father forever. forever. And so the aftermath of that, really the, the repercussions, the, the benefits of this relationship in verse 7. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. From God, all the riches of heaven. This morning, uh, as we consider uh, what it is we're thankful for, I hope that you are thankful for your position. And I, I hope that you can come to grips with who you are apart from Jesus. Uh, most of us don't feel like an uh, at-risk, indefensible uh, little child, but that's what you are apart from Jesus. 
All of us. Not, not just one of us, but all of us. And because of what God has done in the fullness of time as He sent forth His Son, He was uh, sent forth here so that He could have the position that He could take our place, that we could be brought into the family of God. Not as just a, a slave or a, a servant or a second-rate kid, okay? But we'd be sons, sons and daughters, full heirs of all the riches of God. This is what we have in Jesus. This is what we celebrate uh, about Him coming. And, and there may be some of you here today who don't know the Savior, who, who don't have that position yet. And when I say position, uh, you're out there on your own. You've been trying different things. You've been looking different places. Um, but it, it's, it hasn't satisfied you. There's a reason. Because you were designed. You were designed to have a relationship with God. That's why God sent forth His Son, Jesus, so that you can know Him. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, uh, thank You for the riches found in Your Word. And I pray for any here today that don't know You, that same spirit that drew uh, each one of us to yourself would draw them as well and that you're working in them that they would clearly understand uh, their need for you, but also that uh, not just that they would understand their need, but that they would understand that Jesus is the only answer for them. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word guiding and directing us. Praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd ask that the men would come forward. They're going to help uh, serve communion. Uh, and then we'll share in a time of remembering specifically what the Lord has done. This morning, uh, I've spoken of uh, the, the gift of what He has done for us. And now uh, we have the picture of that um, in the bread and the cup. I want to tell you that if you haven't trusted in Christ, uh, this is not a time for you. Uh, this is a time for you to maybe just pass and just consider where you stand uh, before a holy God. Uh, if you have trusted in Christ, this is a time of reflection for you, a reminder, if you will, of what Christ has done for you, how He has stood in your place, what He did, what was the cost uh, to Him uh, that you would be a part of the family. Just ask that you would consider, consider that, uh, spend some quiet moments in prayer, and then as we're all served, I will remember the Lord together.
Before Jesus went to the cross, he gathered with his disciples for a meal. And at that meal, they're giving thanks. He took the bread and broke it, explained to them that this was his body broken for them. We do this this morning, remembering the body of our Lord broken on our behalf. As Jesus took the bread, he also took the cup and he explained to them that this 
cup that he was taking was the blood of the new covenant that he was making with them. We do this this morning, remembering the blood of our Lord that was spilled on our behalf. Father God, thank you for the gift of your Son that we could be your sons and daughters for us. God, thank you uh, for the many blessings that are found in relationship with you and the fact, the truth, that we are no longer upper grabs. We are no longer outside. We have found our Father. God, we ask your blessing on our time. Help us to celebrate appropriately. Help us to be thankful people acknowledging that you're the one who has given us all that we have. Thank you for this time. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you all for being here today. We'll see you tonight.